Hello, welcome to another episode of Wealth Talk. This is episode 16. My name is Christian Rodwell, the membership director for Wealth Builders, and I am joined back with Mr. Kevin Whelan after a week out. Yeah, did you miss me? Yeah, how are you feeling now? I'm feeling a little better. The voice is just about recovering. But you did a great job last week. Um, you interviewed uh, three wonderful people, some great insights, I thought. Yes, yeah, it was good. We, uh, you know, we, we started to switch it up a little bit and hear from some of the members of the Wealth Builders community as to different ways that they're interacting with the assets and the seven pillars. So we kicked off last week looking at pillar number one, which was home capacity. Yeah. And it's great to have you back today, Kevin, because I'm sure everyone, you know, had some good ideas and thoughts, but it'd be great to hear some of your distinctions around what we discussed last week as well. And I know that there's also other ways that income can be generated in that pillar as well. Yeah, I mean, it's good. The insights from from Bom- Bromwin, from Stephanie, from Carol, all really very useful. Did you pick any kind of threads out of that? That would be useful just to remind our listeners of, and then I'll maybe go on to describe some of the other ways that other clients have done it to would have been inappropriate to get a dozen people on a webinar but but nonetheless any anything strike you well, what they were doing obviously three different strategies there and we started with Bronwyn who talked about you know using the Airbnb model so they went for a year traveling mm-hmm. and used Airbnb to let out their property and kind of put all their furniture locked away Yep. And um, and then actually also to do house sitting. So almost on the other side of things, going into someone else's house and looking after that and um, it not costing any money. Living rent free. Yeah. Not that she needs the money, but, you yeah. know, living rent free is a is a wonderful thought if you can do that. And of course, she's in a position where she's able to do that anyway, mm. um, because you have to be in a certain financial position to be able to follow your husband around the world you know, not not really caring too much about anything else because what belies all of this, of course, with someone like Bronwyn, very smart, very sophisticated lady, is she's put lots of systems and practices into her business so they're managed without her being there. So you can't really take one pillar on its own, Chris. It isn't the home capacity thing. That was the lesson from Bronwyn. It was, I've got my business sorted so I can afford to do this. Mm. You know, so it's a different story depending on different people. Yes, well, we, you know, I had to pull pull them back a little bit because they obviously <clears throat> referred to some of the other pillars, specifically, you know, pillar number two pensions, because yeah, they they, they do intertwine. Don't they they, they do often. they do intermix, and um, it's understandable they get excited about pillar two and more about that mm. when we get there, because that's probably almost as underutilized as as the as the home capacity side. Mm. But uh, yeah, it was good. We, yeah, and then we obviously heard from Steph, who again had a similar story, generating income from her home yep. through um, letting that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Carol's example was slightly different, which was refinancing her property in order to be able to secure a really, really good below market value deal. Yeah, but the, you know, St- Stephanie's was, was very interesting. And, and um, certainly, I think, because she's got a London-based property and, you know, she does work internationally as well and her family from Geneva so lots of reasons for her to want to be abroad too Um, but the thing about Carol which was the lesson I would pick up is you have to have a change in mindset so if you remember she came from a a background of kind of financial caution and uh, I think she believed at that point that any form of mortgage debt was bad debt and consequently took a little while for her to overcome her own feeling that there is some debt which is good, 
and some debt which is potentially quite bad. But debt is just the double-edged sword. You know, it, it cut both, way, both ways. Now, if you took her example, where she used leverage from one property and was able to buy other properties, which she wouldn't have been able to get a mortgage on. Mm. So in other words, unmortgageable properties, which give, gave her the enormous capacity to create more value, drive value through, because she was really not in competition with other buyers, let's say, and, and then was able to very quickly pay that money back so that the debt position she was in was temporary. So she was moving her money around the different pillars. She was moving from property that she owned in a capacity to debt leverage to then buy other properties, which she then rented out and created an ongoing income. Whereas if she didn't do that, she would have just lived in a property mortgage-free. Not bad, but not brilliant thinking at the highest level. And obviously, Carol demonstrated that. Mm. Yeah, it kind of ties back into episode 14, where we talked about becoming a value creator and wealth flowing, so money flowing. Yeah, absolutely. Always thinking about that, but always being willing. And what's great about listening to others' experiences is you, you can get a different perspective that you didn't have, but somebody else has. And that perspective can make a difference to you. And um, and I think there were there were great examples of that. Mm. But there are loads more mm. um, in the way that people can use home capacity if they can change their thinking. And it's always about right under your nose, always their sources of leverage, leverage. But people just don't get it. There's a there's a I don't know almost um, an acceptance of what we've got as what we have and don't do too much about it. So. And, and the realisation, as I've said before, with home capacity often comes too late. So one example of where it comes, well, not too late, but very late, would be, uh, I love this one, is one of my clients who's a little older, let's say, so <clears throat> not like some of the in- interviewees the other day, but older, certainly into retirement, realising, oops, you know, the planning hasn't gone well, but we get introduced to them quite late, never too late, start wealth building. And in that situation, um, this particular lady lives in near Heathrow, in fact, um, and there's a great benefit, of course, living near Heathrow is, you know, lots of pilots, lots of people in airlines. And what we kind of worked out there was by creating a rather large annex to her property. So the property had capacity and that capacity was space Mm -hmm. but not in the existing property you have to build on that so uh, I think it was a very large L-shaped annex and that was built out and of course there was a huge demand for um, you know members of the the airlines to occupy that space and serve two purposes really one to provide an income so she wasn't redeploying that in another asset she was taking the income and spending it you know needed the money really but the other thing is, it's kind of like a house sit as well. You know, you've got the opportunity to, you know, have people around you because, you know, there's there's a connection between one part of the house and another, and that's not a bad thing. So multiple kind of um, benefits in that one as well, albeit she came to the the, the property capacity party quite late in life. Mm. Similar scenario, actually, uh, at the end of last year when I was writing my book and I went down to Dorset, and a lovely family home down there with capacity in their garden. Right. So they had actually installed or built like a, a wooden snug 
and it was looking out over the fields and it had all the sheep. Right. But it was lovely, a good place to write the book. And that was extra capacity they had, which they've now generated in income from by renting that out again through Airbnb. You know, and there's a, I'm, I'm going to see a, a business soon where the, the very essence of the business is the creation of wonderful, unique, bespoke tree houses in parts of the country which are, you know, of natural beauty. And so, you know, the capacity for the, the places themselves and then the capacity for the business owner mm. to, to find and, and negotiate uh, places to, to put these tree houses in where people want to connect with nature and, and you know, why the heck not? Mm. So, yeah, that's a good one. And there's, there's many other smaller ones we could think of, you know. Again, I live in Wimbledon, so tennis is coming up pretty soon. All right. There'll be people renting out their driveways. Yeah, you know, short-lived, but nonetheless, you know, an opportunity. I know I'm a football fan, and um, occasionally if I go to watch, you know, football games in London, there's always people renting out, you know, their driveway for football games. So there's always, there's always something that can be done. I remember another one of my clients, Chris, was... Um, live near to a, a dancing school, you know. And from time to time, she, she, she let the space, you know, almost like a and b So she created a home a little bit like a and b And of course, you know, there's a whole system. The government recognises that you can rent a room. I mean, the rent-a-room scheme has been going for years and years and years. And I think now the tax-free amount is seven and a half. Yeah. I mean, seven and a half thousand tax-free. I mean, if you could... If you're the sort of person who's young, or you don't, or you wanted some company, uh, or you had a spare room in your home, why wouldn't you do that? And then take that money that could pay for education to build your wealth. It could pay for a connection. It could even start to build um, investments. You know, m- multiple ways where that money can be used to get that extra bang for your wealth pound, if you like. Mm. So what can people do to build their capacity, Kevin? Well, first, you can't... Well, you can build it, obviously. That's logical. But I think um, if I look at uh, one of the businesses that I work with as well, who are property experts in my part of the world, in Surrey and in Kent, and they're always looking, and they've got wonderful software for it, to almost sky scan every property in a neighbourhood, and they can see where there's just that extra piece of land where they could negotiate with the owner of the land or the garden to turn that into um, an opportunity for income for both sides. And it's definitely not unusual for, we've got clients who've had a very large piece of land. They they kind of um, hive off one part of the garden. They might even go live in the smaller house as they retire mm. and then let out a larger property or, or, or even create multiple apartments and create a capital sum. So there's so much scope within property, whether it's as small as a room, as large as a garden. Um, just the conversion of something is a process of forcing and appreciating value. And that appreciation of value can turn into capital or income, both of which are the raw material of creating and building more wealth. Mm. And the key, of course, is always when you create that extra capacity. You've got to do income. something with it, yeah. That's right. Unless it's too late and, and then you're, the very act of doing that creates the income you spend. But it's better if you could do it on your wealth building journey now so that you take that money and you deploy that. And that's why the pillars are interconnected. So 
the lessons I would say for our listeners is don't just take the lesson of home capacity because if you don't have a home, you don't live in a home, well, other people do. You know, so that software that I mentioned is possible to get that. Or I've got a, another client who ride, rides a bike everywhere. Um, instead of getting in a car, rides a bike and he's looking for small plots of land or, or something that, you know, where the roofs are not aligned where you could say, well, hang on a minute, there's, there's, they're using three stories next door. Why can't they use three stories here? And then either negotiate with the um, with the owner of the property to upgrade it, certainly on commercial property, but as well as buying properties from landlords and converting them into HMOs mm. and multi-let properties. Mm. So the the scope is as only is limited only to your own imagination, and because there's like how much you know, there's so many ways you can create Always revenue coming. from land and from property mm. and from spaces inside and outside. So it's just a huge, huge, huge opportunity rather than just sitting and um, in your property. But I think you probably were meaning something else where you, when you said, how do you create capacity? Well, there is a way you can create it. If you don't have that imagination or you don't have the time, there are ways, of course, that you can take, if you've got a property now and you want to do like Carol did, which is create leverage in that property, is to start finding ways to build the equity in your home. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a mortgage of, you know, if your house is worth 400,000, you've got a mortgage of 200, how do you create more equity? And there are many ways, and I wrote a book on that called Save a Fortune, mm-hmm. how to completely eliminate your mortgage loans and credit cards fast. And in that book, there are 12 secrets to building uh, more equity in your home. I mean, I could mention two or three, but I'm not going to get into 12. Well, why don't we put the link for people in the show notes so that if they want to read, get a copy of that, a yeah. PDF, you yeah, can yeah. download that. So Happy. let's do that. Happy to do that. But let's take a couple of examples right now. Yeah, I mean, um, I suppose one is, um, I'll give you three, okay? So one, whenever you can shop around for the lowest interest rate. That's true of all debt. So that applies in any situation. So if you can get to a place where you're, you've got a trusted mortgage broker, and we've got lots of those we trust, and you can shop around for your mortgage and you constantly, constantly, constantly paying the lowest rate, the lowest rate, the lowest rate, then every time you save money on the mortgage, pay a higher level of money to the mortgage so that you're building equity, because sure as eggs is eggs, Chris, interest rates are going to go up mm-hmm. at some point. The second would be, you know, one of the ways I used absolutely was brilliant a long time ago now, was connecting money that you own to money that you owe. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means there are many mortgages where they're called offset mm-hmm. mortgages. So you can have money in savings, which you want to keep, say, for rainy days or for all sorts of reasons we've mentioned before, and the mortgage, but the money talks like a virtual calculator saying, click, 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 you've got this much in savings, so you're paying less interest. And as a result, you pay off your mortgage more quickly. And the third one is always make use of extra streams of income or windfalls to eliminate your mortgage if that's your preference. So, for example, if, if you get a small inheritance or if you get a pay rise or, or even if people work with us as a, 
some kind of referring capacity and they receive regular payments from us, it'd be thrilling for me to know that checks that we send to people every single month are being used to pay off their mortgages or build their wealth. So there's ways to become an affiliate. There's ways to create value from what you're doing day to day in your life. So whether you just shop around for the lowest interest rate, you connect your money and your income, or you find other ways to get either small windfalls, or small streams of additional income, however you do that, and take that money and deploy that in ways that build your equity, then of course you could remortgage at a later date to take some of that equity out to do what Carol did, which is to buy property or whatever else you want to do. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything else that we haven't covered around Pillar 1, would you say, Kevin? I think we're just about done on Pillar 1, but it would be great, though, because we're always open-minded for new insights, aren't we? What what have our audience done? You know, who's done something that we haven't mentioned? You know, we've mentioned probably 20 things over the course of the last two podcasts on on Pillar 1, which is using your home to create more value, more leverage, more income, more capital. What have you done? I'd be thrilling to know that because then we could bring them into a case study in some point in the future or certainly give the lessons that they've learned mm. uh, to others. Because we're always learning. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I look for it every, every day, as you know. I talk about that ROI, that you're always one relationship opportunity or idea for something completely changing. And I genuinely look for that every single day. So mm. while I'm normally the source of inspiration and education... I'd love to get it back because then you go, whoa, how can I share that? Mm. You know, so. Yeah. And if you're listening right now and you have got an example, you're, you're thinking, hey, you know, you've not talked about this idea or I've done it slightly differently and had a great result. Then please do leave us a message. Easiest way to do that would be to head on to wealthbuilders.co.uk forward slash wealth talk. You'll see an orange button there you can hit that. It's called speak pipe and you can leave us a short message and tell us what you've done. And of course, we have the Wealth Builders Facebook group where we have just under a thousand members. We're so close to, uh, to hitting that milestone there. And you can, uh, you can share your experiences and learn from lots and lots of other Wealth Builders in there as well. Okay, so uh, I think we should be looking at Pillar 2 next time. Pillar 2 is pensions. Yeah, it's the one that, you know, mass majority of the population in the UK depend upon but they use them so poorly and they're po- so poorly served. And I'll cover lots of reasons why that's the case and why actually, you know, we can fill rooms now with more than 150 people excited for the first time ever in their life about pensions. I'll share stories of people who discovered money in the hundreds of thousands they didn't even realize they had. They pushed it to one side and thought, I don't have anything, Kevin. Have you checked? Have you checked? And when they check, they find there's money, and I'll share those uh, stories as well. Yeah, so we'll have some more members from the community sharing their experiences. Looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. Thanks for today, Kevin. Okay. Hope you feel better soon. I will do. See, See ya. ya. <laughs>